we've experienced as homeowners inflation like we've not seen in 40 years. On top of that, that means that the insurance companies for which we must pay premiums have also seen increases, so they're raising their rates. Property taxes, we know what a hot topic that is here. That's gone up exponentially. Rocky Mountain Power is trying to do this. Now that the, the state of Wyoming is trying to raise uh, the diesel tax, when does it stop? Every agency, every government thing says, hey, I need more money, and we just turn around and say, well, we're going to raise the taxes. We'll find a way to get the money. We don't look at how are you spending the money you have now and how can you find a way to, to deal with what you have. The people that are forced to do that are you and me, the taxpayer, the homeowner. We have a fixed income. We have a set income. There's only so much money we can make. And every time somebody else needs money, they turn and take more from us. Well, I for one have had it. And the second thing is additional infrastructure, transmission infrastructure to feed other states. Hey, that's important stuff. But are we paying more than our fair share of that? That's the question that absolutely has to be looked into. We've been very, very wealthy for a long time, and we've been spending at a clip that we cannot maintain. And the person that bears the brunt of that is the person that is the homeowner, the taxpayer, that can't really change their income. We just have to learn to do without. Well, it's about damn time that the government learned to do without a few things for itself. Uh, legislators and senators will tell you, we're looking out for Wyoming. What you need to look at very closely and listen to very closely, are they looking out for the state's budget or are they looking out for the family's budgets? Welcome to the Ramble Room. I'm Ken, and my guest today is none other than fellow Wyoming House of Representatives member Tony Locke. Tony's out of Casper. Welcome back, Tony. It's great to have you. Ken, thank you so much for having me online. I really do appreciate this opportunity to chat about important topics for the Wyoming folks. As, as do we, great to have you. But before we get started, I just wanted to give a shout out to another representative from Casper, uh, in Wyoming, and a dear friend of ours, Jeanette Ward. We got word today that Jeanette's father has passed, and we just send you our love, and we send you our prayers. Indeed, Ken. I just want to add into that, absolutely. God bless you, Jeanette, and your family. I, I want to say this briefly, without, <laughs> at the risk of maybe sounding a little mushy, you know, uh, there are a core group of us down there in Cheyenne, that worked very hard together. We worked passionately together trying to accomplish the goals that we had. We accomplished some things. We got whipped on another of things. But the end result was we became very close. We were a very tight group. And it's, I, I guess it's not unlike what it's like to go through combat in a way. Uh, we, we became a, a tight-knit group. Uh, full disclosure, Tony is my roommate when we're in session down there in Cheyenne, and he and his wife have become very good friends with my wife and myself. And it's you need to understand that uh, there's a lot of 
a lot of affection between all of us. That is very true, Ken. Thank you. So what we're about today is there is a company out there called Rocky Mountain Power. Rocky Mountain Power uh, provides electrical power to much of Wyoming. We'll get into a few more details on that later. Tony, kind of give us a little oversight about... Tony's been kind of heading up the, the, the spearhead, the battle against a rate increase. And give us, give us the lowdown. Just kind of give us the general outline of what's happening. So real quick summary, as most of you know, Rocky Mountain Power is basically a, has been given a monopoly position to provide power to a certain portion of the state of Wyoming, not the entire state of Wyoming, of course. And uh, it kind of, uh, a lot of the eastern side of the state is not uh, covered by Rocky Mountain Power, but once you kind of get over to Casper, Douglas, Casper, and then when you start getting to the western side of the state, uh, they cover a far broader group of our citizens. I don't have the exact household coverage that they provide, but they've made a couple of rate increases. Uh, they've they've asked for a 7.6% ECAM, that's the energy cost adjustment mechanism increase, and then they've asked for an additional rate case increase. Now, of, hold uh, about, on just a second. Yes, they've asked. Sorry. Are, they're a company. Don't they just raise their prices? No, I'm sorry. All I right. should have explained that a little bit better. As being our monopoly, they have to make that request of the uh, Public Services Commission. And then, of course, the Public Services Commission then makes uh, the decision of whether uh, they have properly uh, presented their, uh, uh, their request and that their request meets the guidelines. And that we'll get into some of those guidelines because there are some very, very specific guidelines that they absolutely have to meet to be able to, to receive that increase. And that's for the ECAM as well as for the additional rate increase, which they've asked for an additional 21.6%. 21.6% on top of the 7% where we at. Yes. So... It kind of adds up to roughly, and it's an approximately about 29%. And most of you in the Rocky Mountain Power region right now have already seen that first 7.6%. So you should be seeing it if you haven't already in your August billing. It is my understanding that went into effect in August. And if and whatever portion of the second rate increase was put in place, I believe goes into place in January. That's my understanding. I, I might be off on my exact timing of its implementation, but that's roughly what we're looking at. So what a nice time to have the price for power go up is in January in Wyoming, eh? So oh, don't you love that? Yeah. Especially considering and just a quick side note, look at how many houses we have in, in many of our towns and cities across uh, the state that have electric power think about electric heating oh, think about yeah. that so rocky mountain power is a subsidiary of pacific core which does power for many states rocky mountain power is primarily utah does a large portion of wyoming as was mentioned earlier and uh, also some areas up in idaho um and that in turn, is a subsidiary of a company called Berkshire Hathaway Energy. This is a monster, monster company which controls power resources 
for a vast, I don't even know the numbers of, of people that are there. And as you mentioned, Tony, this is a monopoly. They don't really have any competition, which means they kind of got the public between a rock and a hard place, to put it nicely. That's very true. Uh, whatever the commission agrees to is what's uh, put on the shoulders of the Wyoming families and businesses. So this um, commission, had, had, when there have been rate increases in the past that have been requested, um, does the commission generally turn them down or maybe modify them and tone them down or better? Do they pretty much just grant whatever the companies ask for? Do you know? I, I don't know that I've looked closely at a history of that, but I do know as they've made rate increases, we've seen those rate increases. I think the commission does push back in some cases and, and try to decrease it, but I suspect very few have been flat out rejected. Okay, so we've got who this company is and the fact that they're trying to raise the rates. Uh, we talked about, you know, the first 7%. They're, they're claiming that the cost of natural gas has gone up, which is true. It did, it did spike, which, frankly, is why Wyoming had a $2 billion surplus that we had to promptly try to figure out how to deal with in the last session. Um, but this other 21%, whatever it amounts to exactly, why are, why do they say they need that much of an increase? Well, and this is the part a lot of people have dug into this and looked into this. And, and so far, I, I think most of us haven't really gotten a clear story on that and, and seen what the backing for that is. So that is, of course, what makes it questionable in our in everyone's sight. And we're and that's why we're questioning it so hard. Has there been a reasonable case for that? And uh, if you would like me to, I will talk a little bit about what they have to do statutorily, uh, basically what, what, what they're supposed to prove. They go, they go to the Public Service Commission and they ask for an increase. What, what are the standards? Fill us in. I'm going to summarize this fairly high level. But basically the statute requires that the Public Services Commission, they can make the adjustment, they can accept that request, but they have to verify and determine that the request is first just and reasonable. And then it goes beyond, the statute goes beyond that to say, consistent with the public interest. Now, this part I want to, to emphasize, we're talking about consistent with the public interest. That's consistent with the Wyoming public interest. That's in our statutes to protect our people. So that's at the statute level. And, uh, and then I'm going to step just briefly into the legal side of this. And this has been defended and supported the whole, you know, you can't just come in and say it's just and reasonable. Are, we have another statute that makes it crystal clear. The burden of proof that the rate increase is just and reasonable is upon the utility. Okay, so they have to provide the evidence that says it's true. And you can't just say it. You must actually prove it, demonstrate it with facts. And there's plenty of legal precedents at the Supreme Court as well as in Wyoming uh, court decisions that make it clear 
you know, this is the, that basically the impact of the rate, it's the impact of the rate increase which counts. So impact has to matter. Everybody may argue impact to what? And we'll talk in this uh, discussion, I'm sure, about basically what the impacts to the people, the families and businesses in our state could be. So before we get there, though, we understand, okay, there was a spike in natural gas costs. There's been inflation. As much as they affect us as homeowners, they also affect corporations trying to do business. So we understand that's, that's part of the effects of inflation is that everything goes up. But that's supposed to be compensated for by that 7% increase. They're asking for another 21%, which is three times that. Why? What are they going to do with that money? I've heard some rumors. Are you able to, uh, to answer any of that? I, I don't have a lot of detail on what they're trying to do because a lot I've had a, a number of constituents that are looking into this, diving into this deeply, and I have not gotten a clear picture of that yet. So uh, whether the information is not clearly available to other, everybody, whether, they, whether we just haven't, I haven't, uh, connected with the right people to explain it but, but right now the people who are diving into it have not had a clear explanation to what's driving that and and certainly uh, the larger corporations business decisions to get involved in other things should not be uh, relevant to Wyoming's public interest. Okay, I'm I'm going to go out on a limb here because I've heard some things, and I appreciate your candor, your your caution. What I'm hearing is that they are investing a lot of money in alternative forms of energy, whether it be wind or solar, which are not particularly reliable, which is really frightening when you live in a place where it goes from 105 degrees down to 40 below. Um, th this is a life and death issue. We need dependable resources. We need dependable, and we've had it for very many years, and it's proven to be quite effective. But there seems to be this green energy push. Well, no, more than seems to be. And because they are trying to comply and fall into line with the popular ideas, the cost of that is exponentially more expensive than what we've been used to. So you have some idealists in Washington that come up with an idea and say this is what the way we all need to go, and there are a few people involved with that compared to the mass populace. And the cost just goes up exponentially. Folks, what this means is we got to be a lot more particular, a lot more careful about who we elect into public office because this is what comes of it. If we get somebody in there that has all these crazy ideas that don't make any business sense, the cost is going to go up exponentially and we're going to be squeezed. Another point I want to make while I'm up on my soapbox and then I'll get back down and bring you back in. We've, we've experienced as homeowners inflation like we've not seen in 40 years. On top of that, that means that the insurance companies for which we must pay premiums have also seen increases, so they're raising their rates. Property taxes, we know what a hot topic that is here. That's gone up exponentially. Rocky Mountain Power's trying to do this. Now that the 
the state of Wyoming is trying to raise uh, the diesel tax. When does it stop? Every agency, every government thing says, hey, I need more money, and we just turn around and say, well, we're going to raise the taxes. We'll find a way to get the money. We don't look at how are you spending the money you have now and how can you find a way to, to deal with what you have. The people that are forced to do that are you and me, the taxpayer, the homeowner. We have a fixed income. We have a set income. There's only so much money we can make. And every time somebody else needs money, they turn and take more from us. Well, I for one have had it. You're absolutely right, Ken. Uh, everyone is, you know, trying to take their piece of the pie. And, and the person holding the bag at the end is the empty plate and, the, and whatever rocks they piled into it um, is, the, is the public. It's the Wyoming families. And I'm, I'm focused on Wyoming. It's obviously a broader problem than that, but you're exactly right. This drops on the families and businesses, and hopefully we'll talk briefly about that because that becomes a, a whole issue of its own. And going back just real briefly to what you said, you are right. The, the three uh, main issues that I have heard espoused as to what's driving it, are there are three things. There's, of course, the EPA. There's new EPA rules. There's always that, right? And that's always this agenda-driven right. thing. There's right. this new infrastructure for green power. Of course, you know, uh, people have to be honest about who Wyoming is. Wyoming is coal, oil, and gas. That's who we are, okay? And the second thing is additional infrastructure, transmission infrastructure to feed other states. Hey, that's important stuff, but... Are we paying more than our fair share of that? That's the question that absolutely has to be looked into. Is that transmission infrastructure to other states something we should be paying for? Is that transmission infrastructure something other states should be asking for? And and I have asked uh, the I asked in a meeting um, if what the rate increase request had been in other states, and I have not seen a clean answer on that. That is something we're pursuing. Okay, thank you. So, is there anything that we've missed in the who, what, where, when, why aspects that we discussed earlier? Uh, we know who this is. We know what the radius in increases are. We know about when it would take effect. Is there anything in your notes that you want to get to before we move on to what do we do about it? How do we defend ourselves? And what, Tony, I want you to spend some time on what you have already done, the meeting that happened last Thursday, some details from that. But before we get to that, is there anything that we've overlooked that needs to be brought up? Well, Ken, if you're okay with it, I'd like to take just a quick few minutes here to talk about the impacts. Because it's easy to say, you, basically everyone's seen a kind of estimates from Rocky Mountain Power. And first of all, let me make it clear. Uh, and if I didn't say this earlier, um, that 7.6% people are going to already see that in the August bill. That was already put in place, as I understand it. And I believe we saw that as well. Um, but let's talk about the impact. So I, I just want people to keep this in mind as we get people involved in pushing back on this. Um, take a 30% increase. Let's just talk about us rounded off a 30% increase to, to your electric bill. Is that something you feel? I'm sure everybody says absolutely. But now let's think about the true impact of the family. 
this 30% increase, well, oh, guess what? It's on every business. Well, your grocery store can't just absorb that. They're not running at some ridiculous profit that they can just magically take a 30% hit in, a, in a, their uh, electric costs. Well, guess what? That trickles down to you. Wait a minute. Every local government function, your city, your county, your schools, public services that are needed. What happens then? Guess what? They all use electric power to. And they're going to turn around and say, hey, we've had increased expenses. We need more money. Absolutely. They have to. So when you look at this, let's just talk Wyoming families. That's a double whammy. And I'm probably being kind by saying double. Okay. So everyone needs to think. You think 30% hurts your pocketbook. I can afford it. Well, can you afford it? And let's talk about our most vulnerable people, our seniors on fixed income, who just got a property tax bite. Kind of interesting. Uh, not too long ago, uh, a lady who was on a fixed income, her property tax was raised 136% in one year. Now throw 30% on her electric bill. So families are hit. But I want to take a minute too. That's not the only thing. If anybody hasn't seen the article in the Cowboy State Daily from August 15th, there was a big issue on the Trona industry. Okay. And a representative Conrad uh, piped in on that one. And basically the title of that was electricity rate hike would make it cheaper to buy Trona from China than Wyoming. I just want to step on that for a second. Yeah. That's insane. We have massive amounts of Trona here, some of the best in the world. Absolutely. Trona is used to make glass and all sorts of other things. It's, it's a very, very versatile, very usable min mineral. But if we add this tax, if I'm hearing you right, then it's cheaper to import it from our enemies that hate us? That's my understanding. And in fact, it was, it was noted in that article that Wyoming produces about 90% of the U.S. demand for Trona. So we're a huge producer exactly. of Trona. And a Representative Conrad jumped in, which I, I thanked him when I saw him just the other day. He said he, his statement was the proposed electric rate hike would drive costs so high that mines would struggle to compete with Trona from China. So he was just reinforcing that and making it clear. So here we are at the ragged edge of putting our businesses in play, our, our businesses at risk. And that's just Trona because I can tell you I am fairly closely connected and, and getting more detailed information and knowledge from most people don't realize that when you get into our gas and oil business, 85% of our gas, oil and gas industry are small mom and pop businesses. Okay. We're talking about just short, approximately, but just short of about 500 small businesses and Having talked with these people, electricity in many cases, in most cases, can be a very large portion of their cost. Let me, let me enhance that for just a second. Uh, my son's in the oil business, uh, knows quite a bit about the field in which he works. He helps manage it. Their monthly electric bill is over a million dollars. A million dollars a month, a 30% increase 
is a gob. What does that do to the price of fuel? Now, we all know that gasoline is way more expensive than it was a few years ago. So as, as you're pointing out very well, Tony, this cost, you say, okay, it only increases my electric bill by $30, $40 a month or whatever. I can, I can find a way to do that. No, it increases everything you touch. That's right. Everything you touch. And imagine in the, in the oil and gas business, there's lots of competitions across the world for that oil and gas. So how does that place us? The, these people don't exactly recuperate their dollars. They're at the mercy of a barrel of oil cost or at a unit of natural gas cost. They're at the mercy of that uh, pricing. So they don't exactly recuperate that. But if they're able to push that price up and recuperate that, again, that's just another load on the shoulders of Wyoming families. If they can't, they get squeezed to the point where they can't compete. They're out of business. That's right. Here, again, they may be competing against oil that isn't produced in our country. Now, what happens to the employees of that company? It, just the point that we're making here is that it isn't just your power bill. It's everything. Absolutely. And let's just take these small companies. And I'm just, I'm just going to use a little tiny bit of information. Now, I, I haven't been able to shake these numbers out as clean as I'd like because I just took some small estimates. But some of these small oil companies, they sometimes, it's not just one family. Everybody says, that's just 500. Well, guess what? This 500 uh, companies, they're just short of 50% of the, the oil created in the, or produced in the state. And therefore, they're just short of 50% of the oil tax and revenue that the state sees. So this is not only a problem for these families. This is ultimately potentially a problem for these states or for the state when we, if we start seeing these companies fail. But then let's talk about who's affected, okay? We start off with, okay, maybe we only have 500 comp small companies. They're fairly mom and pop, but some of them serve two, three, four families, right? There's a, there's a business owner, and they might have two or three uh, guys working for them, men or women working for them. Or that might affect two or three other families, right? They have connections, and they use other contractors. How many other businesses is that? When you start getting into that spider web of connection, you're talking about potentially thousands of households, thousands of households in our state affected just by that. And considering they produce such a large percentage of the tax revenue in our state, everyone should be very aware and very aware of this potential issue because these are small mom and pop businesses that they, they're 50% of that uh, tax revenue, and they spend all of their money in this state. These are your neighbors. So that's just an example. And in hitting what you said the other day, I actually, uh, or what you just said uh, a little bit ago about the $1 million, that's kind of interesting. Um, somebody told me that the Salt Creek oil field, $4 million a month. Yeah. What's that? That's now uh, 1.2 million higher per right. month. That, that's right. going to have an impact. I don't know what that is. Those are just some of the examples. I, I'm sorry I went so long on the impacts. 
But no, I think it's important that people the, understand the point, it. This, the point of this show is to take the time to get it out there. It, so many other shows, and this is not a criticism on them, that you know they do what they do under the format, but the format for the Ramble Room is, frankly, to ramble a little bit, is to be able to sit down and discuss something thoroughly so we make sure we've covered everything we need to cover. Sure. And, and one thing I did want to hit, you had talked a little bit about the... Uh, gas prices, the uh, uh, commodity prices, so natural gas driving the ECAM. Right. I think what's kind of important to know about that is it is true that gas prices did spike up in uh, 2022 because uh, natural gas per unit was roughly about 390 in 2021, and it spiked up to 645 in uh, 2022. But in 2023 now, it's dropped way down. And from what I'm seeing from the people who are doing the research, the trend is expected to go down and or stay down from the forecast. And so, for example, it's dropped to uh, it's estimated to end at around two seventy five, two dollars and seventy five per unit in 2023. And it's not expected to have this big spike in the next couple of years. So I wanted at least to put that in perspective so people best, better understand these are the reasons we're questioning this rate increase because that could be to, that could be an argument that says even the ECAM, even that 7.6% ECAM request might be considered too high. The revenue to the state which pays for schools, it pays for all of the other things that we enjoy as a wealthy state, that revenue is going to go back down. The problem is that we have been spending at another level. It's like I've been making 120 grand a year, and so I'm used to living a particular lifestyle, and, and this is my budget. Well, guess what? My budget's going to drop to 85 or 90 and how much willingness have we seen on the part of our fellow house members in Cheyenne to cut back on what we spend at the state level that is true government money we, we put money out there we say oh we have extra money we should go spend it and then we start putting you know spending money outside of what maybe the real true role of government yeah. should be for spending money. And then that is always hard to pull back. You're absolutely right. That's why we were upset when people were going out there banging their chest saying, hey, we saved $1.4 billion. Well, kind of. Some of it is about half of that is in an irretrievable permanent fund, but the rest of it they can get to any time that they want. Out of that money that they put into quote-unquote savings, we make about $65 million a year. But then they turn around and spend in perpetuity $110, $120 million a year. That's what I'm talking about. We are addicting ourselves to an income we cannot maintain. And when that income falls off, this legislature, as it exists currently, will turn to anything they can do to increase their taxes, including uh, an income tax or whatever the else they have to do, because they have shown no inclination over the last God only knows how many years 
to ever cut back and pare back and cut down on state government. So that's, I guess that's the main point that I'm trying to make as clearly as possible. We've been very, very wealthy for a long time, and we've been spending at a clip that we cannot maintain. And the person that bears the brunt of that is the person that is the homeowner, the taxpayer, that can't really change their income. We just have to learn to do without. Well, it's about damn time that the government learned to do without a few things for itself. You know, Ken, you, you bring up a fantastic point, and this is something that, quite honestly, I've, I've really, I've really, has really become clear to me in recent history. When people say, I'm looking out for Wyoming, some of the people who tell you that, all of the uh, legislators and senators will tell you, we're looking out for Wyoming. What you need to look at very closely and listen to very closely, are they looking out for the state's budget or are they looking out for the family's budgets? Amen. Because they are potentially two very, very different things. And yes, we have an obligation to protect and make sure the state's budget supports the things that the state should be supporting. But turning that into the priority at the expense of the Wyoming family, that's the wrong answer, in my opinion. Absolutely well said, Tony. And, and that's what I'm starting to really understand the distinction between I'm looking out for Wyoming. Well, are you looking out for the state of Wyoming's budget to make sure you can put money into all of these different programs that everybody's little pet project? Or are you looking out for the Wyoming families? Because I'm convinced, and you've heard me say this many times, I will tell you this, guys. Money from the government is just money. And in most cases, it's probably given to buy votes. Money from people is money with heart. So putting, keeping money in our family's pockets, it's the right answer. Amen. <laughs> Preach on, brother. So how do we respond? How have you responded? What happened last Thursday and what's the plan going forward? So we had a wonderful response here in Casper. So there was not a, there was not a meeting scheduled in Casper and we were able to request that. And, and I want to thank the public services commission. They responded fairly quickly and said, we're going to have a meeting. That was excellent. I want to thank the people from Natrona County and quite honestly, across the whole state, including, um, I mentioned representative Conrad he was here as well, and, and many other of our elected officials. Chuck Gray spoke, but the people showed up in force. Uh, we packed that uh, conference room in the Fiber Thompson building here in Casper. There must have been, I don't know that there was 300, but there was certainly, we were pushing it hard, and there was at least another 75 online that I could see. Okay, stop for a second. Stop for that. Where where do you get that number three hundred? Because I read in a certain news outlet, affectionately referred to around these parts as the cow pie, that it was somewhere around I don't remember exactly what it was, but less than half of that. What's the disparity? I could not have, have guessed, but supposedly the room, the primary room was about eighty. Um, within about about thirty minutes before the meeting they realized they had about forty chairs out maybe. They realized that wasn't going to do it. So they put the chairs in the room and they packed the main room. Then they, 
collapsed the back wall. And when I looked out the back wall, the entire lobby was packed with people. So then they had, so they had an overflow room that they put in place. We packed that room. We packed the main room and then the lobby was packed. So I asked uh, one of the building guys who, who was in charge of the facility there. And he said his best estimate, or my wife really asked him. Uh, he said his best estimate was somewhere between 270 to 290 was his best estimate. He said there were people everywhere. Now, this is an estimate at best. Ken, I may be wrong. Maybe it was, maybe it was 240. But my point is, I want to thank the people. The people showed up, and the people were seen, and they spoke, and it was great. So this this meeting was supposed to last maybe a couple of hours. And I'm told it went on at least four. They it was supposed to last from five thirty to seven, so it was supposed to be an hour and a half. And we kind of started. I think they kind of hit the wall. Um, there were still people. Now a lot of people had to leave for many other reasons, but people were still speaking at eight thirty. So it was sometime between eight thirty and nine that they finally said, "Okay, I think for the most part." they realized enough people had left, but in fairness to the public services commission, they hung in there for the whole time and they let people speak. But as you can imagine, I, I know there were a lot of people ex who wanted to speak who just couldn't stay for three and a half hours. So. so the people that spoke, was it what about half and half? Some saying, yeah, we should let them increase the rates and some saying, no, I can't afford that. What, what, what was the mix? Oh, no, the mix was everyone who spoke was against the rate increase. There's no question. In fact, I have to thank one young lady who got up to speak. She said, nobody's asked this question yet, but can anybody, can anybody in the room tell me who is against this rate increase? And pretty much every hand in the room shot up. And I thought, well, we probably should ask that question. <laughs> <a good> <laughs> Save some time. <laughs> yeah, we could have we cut through the, some of it. But, yeah, I thought that was a funny question. And, and sadly, there was only probably about another, probably only about 60 or 70 people left because it was getting pretty late. And uh, but, but yeah, pretty much every hand in the room shot up. So I think the message was loud and clear. So the PSC was gracious to extend this meeting, maybe add this meeting that wasn't originally on their plan and take public input. What effect, and I know this is just Tony guessing, what effect do you think it might have on the commission members? Well, I, that's hard for me to say. I, I'm one of these people who says the people have spoken. Now, have they been heard? Now, in, at some level, I would say they have been heard. And let me say this. They now have another uh, public comment opportunity in Riverton that I did not see on the calendar before. Maybe I overlooked it. They also said they were going to at least add another one in Natrona County, one in Laramie, and then they're planning on another one in Cheyenne. So in my mind, they're at least making the opportunities available for people, for more people, uh, again, to be seen and heard and, and make their points to the commission. So that did make me very happy. They were very responsive to that. So I'm pleased to hear their willingness to, to hear us speak. But the proof will be in the pudding when they actually come out with their decree and either allow an increase or curtail it or, you know, that'll, that'll tell us a lot. 
about yes. how they work. And as you very deftly put out earlier, are they looking out for the needs of the Wyoming people or corporate entities or the government? You can make your own judgment on that. But uh, right. time time will tell. So what do we do between now and then? When do they have to make a decision? Um, what can we do in the meantime? I, I heard at one point, and uh, I think it was the very beginning of November is when kind of the final decision gets made. So I'm asking everyone to stay engaged, involved, and attend any of these meetings you possibly can. Uh, you certainly can go to the Public Services Service Commission's website. Just to type in Wyoming Public Service Commission. You'll get to their website. Go to their calendar and you'll see them. You'll see public comment opportunities and they're going to be put. I, the Riverton event is already out there for the 18th of September. I know they're at least they're planning on adding some others. So I'm asking everybody get involved there. Okay, I'm going to I'm going to make one more suggestion. Hold your thought. I make one more suggestion. You, Tony, have a site yourself. I'm going to ask you to tell folks where that's at because you had a flyer up there that gave addresses, email addresses for these people. A lot of folks can't take time out of their day to go sit for four hours in a meeting, and especially if they don't even know they're going to get a chance to talk. But we can email these people, and uh, you and I know from sitting on the House floor that you can get flooded with emails. I'm encouraging people find these email addresses either through the site that Tony just mentioned, or Tony, where can they find this flyer that I refer to? Yes. So the site I just mentioned, you can kind of find out when the meetings are. But if you want my call to action, if you come to lock4yo.com, so it's L-O-C-K-E-F-O-R-W-Y-O.com. If you go there, you go to my events page, you'll find on these events and you'll see them. They'll be clear. You'll see a link to a call to action form. And basically what it gives you is it gives you a list of, you know, uh, how to reach out and, and send your feedback to the Public Services Commission. Um, I recommend you go to the Public Service Commission Office of Consumer Advocate. I'm recommending you'll see uh, links to Governor Gordon's office. Everyone needs to understand the Public Services Commission that is a, a, the governor appoints those positions. So the governor's office needs to hear that as well. And there are what, three, three members? Is that what I read to the commission? There are three uh, commissioners, correct. Okay. And so I'm, I'm recommending you send notices to all these folks. Um, I would strongly recommend you send it to the, the other five electeds. Uh, I can tell you Chuck Grace. Uh, Secretary of State Gray spoke beautifully here at, on the meeting last Thursday, and again, against the rate increase. Um, I also recommend, hey, reach out to your representative, to your senator. Let them all know. Everyone needs to know uh, how you feel about this. Give them your points. Make it clear if if you want to speak at any of the meetings and would like to understand and hear facts, go to that same lock4yo.com site. 
I have some information out there um, and, and I will be putting more out there as I go. But if you have, again, if you have questions, be happy to uh, so, please sign up even for an email from me. I'm happy to send out email and provide more information that way as well. Well, thank you, Tony, for what you're doing there. Now, when we started that part, I kind of interrupted you and derailed your choo-choo of thought. Um, do, you, do you remember where you were at? I do because you basically pushed me right to where I was going anyway. So (laughs) I was going straight to my website next for more detail because really the call to action is the key. You are right. Everyone can attend these meetings. I understand it's a burden on many, you know, um, I've been actually in close communication with the AARP folks and a lot of their people, they're not going to make it to these, uh, to these meetings. And unfortunately I, I think we were able to get, a couple of people who came to the Zoom link, we were able to hear a couple of people testify. But if you can imagine, um, it's harder for the those elderly, you know, the AARP folks, uh, which this is a, I'm going to, I might be exact, one might argue it's a bit of an exaggeration. But if you take these uh, AARP folks, many of them are retired and on that fixed income. This is, for lack of a better term, life and death for them. And so those are people who really, they can't attend the meeting, but I know some can via Zoom. Anyway, uh, but yes, please, if you can, reach out and contact um, these officials, the, the uh, Public Services Commission, and, you know, the governor's office and your state officials, please do it. Even your local officials. I'll, I'll be honest with you, your city council, and your county commissioners should be hearing from you as well. Uh, everyone is impacted by this. So, And these things do matter. Um, as Tony and the rest of us can testify, we would get hundreds of emails a day. And when you get like two or 300 emails on a particular topic, you obviously cannot go through and, and read every single one of them in detail. Um, a lot of people spend a lot of time trying to do that, and I don't know how they manage it. But it allows you to testify. You as, as uh, individuals out there might not have a chance to testify. But as a representative, we can testify. And we can say something like, in the last week, I've received 500 emails, every one of them uh, declining this concept, this idea. That, that is good. And if it's to the Secretary of State's office, uh, Chuck is wonderful about going in and testifying at all sorts of things. Um, he's very, very active. I can't thank him enough for all the work that he does. Uh, Kurt Meyer at the treasurer's office, very similar. Uh, Megan Dagenfelder, she's been doing a great job. Uh, let these people that are on that slipboard, the, the five state electeds, let them know they can, they can put pressure because they're one-on-one with the governor regularly. And the governor oversees, he appoints the members of this PSC board. And even if the PSC board turns around and does what, in our view, they should not do, perhaps the governor then would be compelled to take some sort of action to offer some correction. And I don't necessarily know what that would be. But if we sit around and we don't say anything and we don't let anybody know, we don't object, then it's on us. That, that's exactly right. And, and let me just, to that exact point, Ken, let me just say that 
I am actually was thrust into this and given enough knowledge to jump into the fight by my constituents who did exactly that. They reached out to me. They knew it. They knew more about it before I did. And they jumped all over this and they, they helped me understand. So as you just said, people don't understand how important we don't always understand all of the issues. We don't see them first. It's so important that you reach out and you make your voice heard. And I can tell you, uh, s- several of my constituents were instrumental in really helping us build up the momentum, understand this issue, and now move forward. So it makes a difference. Well, Tony, I've taken up a lot of your time, but you, you look back at your notes. Is there anything that you wanted to state that we have uh, brushed aside or that you haven't got to? Because I'll take whatever time you need. Just a, just a real quick note, and this is one of the things, you know, we... We, one of the things we hammer on really quickly in here is that, um, you know, one of the things that uh, companies often do is they'll come in with a 30% request saying, geez, that's okay. Well, they're not going to get, you'll hear this in this process sooner or later. Oh, uh, well, they're not going to get it. It's just going to be, uh, it, it's going to be something less. So it's going to be, well, it's only going to be 15% or it's only going to be 20% or something like that. What I want to remind all the Wyoming people is, no, it needs to be very, very thoroughly wrung out because I don't believe that all of the numbers are there. I don't believe the statutes and laws are, are being met and supported here. So I don't want people, for lack of a better term, complying and giving it, giving in too easily. We're not looking to put Rocky Mountain Power out of business, but we certainly have to do our diligence to protect the Wyoming families and businesses. So absolutely. Um, so like a used car salesman, they, they come out with their asking price and expecting to take less. And then everybody goes away feeling like they won. Um, right. We, we need to be a little more thorough and a little more detailed. And then if, if something goes wrong here and it, this ends up passing through, then you and I need to get back together and we need to talk about the statutes that you just mentioned and, and get into that in detail and where do we go from there? But we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Sounds great, Ken. And thank you for the opportunity to chat. Uh, uh, this has been really good, and I appreciate the opportunity to get the word out to more folks. Absolutely. Thanks, Tony, for being here, and thank you all for listening. Get out, send the emails. Let's stop this while we can. Thank you, Ken. Everybody have a blessed day.